This show is presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash dangle to receive 20% off your next purchase. Let's hit it, baby. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. And the Maple Laughs. Yeah. Play their fifth preseason game tonight against Montreal, starting most of their starters. Uh, and Matt Murray will get the whole game. Wow. Not just I 40 so. minutes. Although, that's what we're hoping. We're hoping that Matt Murray gets Now, will game. he have access to his whole eyes? Or will they force him to wear the goggles? I don't know. That everyone has been talking about this morning. So what? why is that a thing that people are talking about? Is it, you need prescription. No, so, no, no, no. It's not about that. So, new Leafs goalie coach... Curtis Sanford used to be a goalie in the NHL. Um, he has Matt Murray and I guess all the Leafs goalies wearing these goggles that restrict your peripheral vision. Oh, and it forces you to use to to use the center of your eye, so it's better for tracking. Oh, basically, and Leaf fans are like, "Hey, that's kind of neat," and everyone else is like, "You guys are fucking stupid." <laughs> Hold on, but what if um, what if they're just using they're just using it in practice though, right? Oh, yeah, no, they're not using them in games. Oh, okay, all right. No, it was a joke, you see. Oh, I see. I didn't get it. It's a really good start. It's my apology. It's the, a great start. Uh, Preseason. Why would that be a... Why, why would you make fun of that? I don't know. Like, I don't know. do weird shit, man. I don't know. Every, every morning, there's a main character on hockey Twitter, and for a brief shining moment, it was this. And then Hockey Canada decided, actually, yeah. still bad. I'm In saving, fact, well, like, worse than you thought. I'm have saving never, that for later. Have you never practiced anything? Like, it's just, it's no. it's a thing they're using to practice with, the goggles here. I have them up on the screen for anybody watching on YouTube. It's there. It's a training technique. Have you ever trained for anything and put obstacles no. so you get better at the thing you're training for? Mm. Yeah. Like, why were people, I don't understand why people would be upset about a training technique. I don't know, because... <laughs> the internet and it's where we go to be mean like i don't know i guess i don't know it's It's just so odd it's fine matt murray who oh boy am i gonna say this into a microphone i'm gonna has not allowed a goal this preseason so i'm ready i'm ready to watch that trend continue has looked good in fake games he has he has far too many of um i realized i'm a sick individual because a lot of hardcore fans don't even watch the preseason because the games don't count. And the hockey is usually not the best. I watched a highlight pack 
for a game that wasn't even the Leafs. Mm. I watched uh, Oilers versus Jets from the other day, the game that went to the shootout. Mm-hmm. Brad Lambert is monstrous. Monstrous. That's an amazing player. There was a clip uh, going around of this one shift he had in overtime where he was just dominating everybody. Uh, go watch the whole pack. He was the star of the game. He was magnificent. And Jesse, you got his page up. Where was he drafted? Uh, 30th overall. The Jets, uh, I think, might have got a steal there. <laughs> they might have got an aggressive steal there. 30th overall, he could make the team based on his skill level. It's basically just what does the team decide? He's gross. Cool. I'll have to look out for him. Definitely look that up. Do you remember, do you have your notes from the draft we did? The draft live stream? Oh, God. Uh, I might. I wanted (laughs) to see, I wanted to find mine and see if I had notes on Brad Lambert. Well, because before this past season, he was, I want to say like top 10, top 15. He Mm -hmm. He was ranked very high. And he was this year's big drop. I do not have my draft notes anymore. Usually I throw them out. I had Brad <laughs> Lambert rank 16th overall. Oh, hey. oh, there you go. Now that I found that. He's, yeah, he's disgusting. Okay. He's really disgusting. The Jets, uh, I know we, we bag on them uh, quite a bit, but they got some real scary pieces up front for the future. That's great. Yeah, good for them. It'll be good yeah. in a couple of years. Good for them. Um, okay, so listen. No, I'm not. I, I'm not being facetious. On that, I, he is. <laughs> um, something, something to look out for as the Leafs play the Canadians tonight. Look for Mitch Marner to start playing defense a lot more. They've been trying him, like actually on defense. Yeah, Sheldon Keefe has has been so saying that one of the things that they may use him for is defense on the penalty kill. And it's funny because we mentioned this years ago when the Leafs had no huh. defense and they were terrible on defense. And uh, obviously, it would be like I said, situational. But uh, Luke Fox has pointed out and written an article about the fact that uh, Mitch Marner uh, is taking frequent reps at right defense. Um, and obviously, you know, again, like I think it would be penalty killing or if they wanted uh, somebody strong because Morgan Riley's been taking some some reps on right side, even though he'll likely start on the left. They do feel like maybe perhaps in a situation where they want to press, Mitch Marner might be the guy. Yeah, we're talking about situations where it's 3-2 at the end of the game, and they throw out four forwards. Mitch Marner would play in the defense spot. Mm -hmm. It's a very reasonable thing to say. And I think they've been doing it, haven't they? Well, yeah, and also, like, if you actually watch the Leafs play and, like, pay attention to what they do, um, their D are very active, and they like to jump up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes their forward has to go, oh, holy shit, and, and rush back. And if it's the top line out on the ice, it's almost always Marner. He's yeah. back. Yes, and, and obviously he plays, uh, plays defense on the power play or defense, quote unquote, whatever. You know, that's that shifting diamond thing that they have going on, five-part yeah. diamond. Whatever the but, highest forward is. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they're saying this might be like a five-on-five five thing. And not just the end of the game, just maybe... Like Jesse, you said, three, you know, it's 3-2 at the end of the game. You're looking for a goal, for sure. But what if it's the end of the second period and you're trying to put a dagger in them? Yeah, you're looking for a goal. It's, it's yeah. situational Again, base. Yeah, it's still very yeah. situational. That's the same scenario as end of the game. Now, I I like it as a challenge to the decor. Because you've got to have Mitch there to... Are well, you guys serious? <laughs> yeah, you're like, what the... I've been doing this my entire life. He hasn't. 
what are the odds he's better at this than I am? And I would say the odds are actually better than you think. Um, you know, there's other sports that are sort of positionalists. Um, and maybe this is something, you know, you know, we always talk about the connection between uh, Dubas and Masai mm-hmm. and, and how like, oh, you know, the, the Masai Ujiri effect with the Leafs. We haven't seen it. It's not a thing. Except he said to hire more women. Remember, mm-hmm. that was a piece of advice yes. that I don't, I think, do yes, put did. that out there. Yeah. And the Raptors are probably one of the more forerunning teams in the NBA in terms of positionless basketball. Mm-hmm. Why not positionless hockey? Is, is Marner not one of the most gifted hockey players on the team? Yes. And in the league? Yes. Can he skate backwards? Yes. All right, I think we're good here. Can he handle the puck? Like, Will I, he dump I and chase? I know it's far more than that, and it's it's a lot of situational awareness, but he's one of the more intelligent players on the team. He's one of the more uh, athletically gifted players on the team. Why can't one of the most gifted players in the world play defense? Well, and, and if you've got 20 guys, you got to dress the best guys. And, a, and, that, and the, what I mean by that is sometimes it's like, you, they were, they'd be, and you could put this for any team. Yeah. Some teams are so stacked on forward that, you know, they're dressing defensemen that, that would, if they were the same caliber of forward, they'd never play, you know, and it, it, it gives the, the Leafs an opportunity to go, okay, well, we're just going to dress the best players and we'll make it work. And if you dress 5D one night, Marta can do that. If Connor McDavid, if the Oilers just lost their minds, let's yep. say they just completely lost their minds and they're like, Connor McDavid is a defenseman this season, full time. How long would it take him to become their best defenseman? And is the answer immediately? Uh, pretty soon. It's Connor Cause, McDavid. Because he's good at hockey. Yeah, he's right. good at hockey. He's good at all the things that make a hockey player good. Now, he might run himself through the ice by, I'm going to rush the puck up, and oh, I fucked up, and I got to come all the way back. Yeah. You're wasting yeah. some of the skills there yeah. by not having him yeah. play yeah. forward. Having maximizes. I didn't say you should. He'd probably just, be the best defenseman because yeah, he's just, the best at hockey. Yeah, it's it's worth it's worth a look. Well, and I and wonder, if the answer is, uh, oh, this is actually garbage, well, there's your answer. I yeah. wondered if part of this came about because the Leafs signed Callie Yarncroke um, it looks like Zach Aston Reese is gonna going to eventually, once the LTIR is all sorted out, is going to get a contract. He'll get a deal. And then there's the emergence of Nick Robertson, and we should talk about this because he's he is impressing a lot of people at camp. Uh, right, I guess tonight he's slotted in on the fourth line. But if you have, you know, Mitch Marner, uh, let's say you're you're pulling Mitch Marner out, you can move a Nick Robertson up for a shift, or you 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 have the depth at forward. To be able to push these guys around, even Nick Robertson's playing left wing, but he can play right. I think the the website you have up, I don't want to call them out, uh, has him in the wrong spot. He's going to be second line tonight. Is he with Kerfoot and Nylander? Oh, okay. So that's a that's a big audition for him. That's it's great. Just a shame that Tavares is out. Yeah, and and you know I think that's uh, and with Tavares back in, right? Like you look at these players, and with the exception of currently uh, listed Pontus Holmberg, all of them are regular NHL players. That's I look at the lineup they have going tonight and basically take Holmberg out and put in Kampf. And that could be the opening night lineup. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, there are some glaring omissions, like, you know, Wayne Simmons, for example, that make you go, okay. Uh, but what, Wayne, I don't think his is, future here. I don't think he's an everyday player. I think he's your thir- 13th, yeah. 14th guy now. 
it's there's nothing wrong with that what they have tonight is i think very close to what it's going to be so so in so in keeping with that it seems like the emergence of nick robertson plus Zach Aston Reese willing to come in and, and play probably yeah. for seven hundred and fifty grand. Callie Arncroak eight, being being eight, signed, yeah, yeah eight hundred, whatever. Said eight. Um, you know, the, all of that, and Dennis Morgan being back, and I know everybody's with Dennis Morgan. Um, uh, he might surprise you. Easily uh, the funniest part of the preseason is how good he's been. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, I think that kind of it's kind of cool that their forward depth allows them to take a Mitch Marner and maximize his talents elsewhere. Now, I want to talk about Nick Robertson because guys, it's preseason. Listen, I want to get excited about Nick Robertson too. Should I? Man, so this is anecdotal at best, but every Leaf fan I've spoken to, uh, in person, on the internet, whatever, over the course of this preseason, they're all fascinated with this player. And it's and he's the only guy they want to talk about, whether it's positively or negatively. I got to say, visually, uh, he does not play beautiful hockey. He does not explain what you mean. Let's get let's get granular here. So years ago, I can't remember if he said this on the podcast or in a conversation. Uh, I was talking to Gus Katsaros. That's a way back in the day podcast. Love um, Gus. He's he so was great. great. He's he was so great. So I think effing smart man. Yeah, yeah. God. He joined us more than once. We'll have to bring him back. And this was this was in regard to Nikolai Kuhlman. Okay. And. He, I always thought there was something funny about how he skated, but I'm like, well, he's fast and he works really hard. And Gus basically pointed out, he's like, is he working hard or is he just inefficient? And I was like, what does that mean? And basically his stride, the way he skated made it look like he was working hard because he was working. He was working harder than he needed to. Because he had an inefficient stride. So he looked because he'd be like, chop, 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 chop. Rather than a stride stride. Like He a long... skated like he was kayaking. Okay. Like, <laughs> you know, like just the way he Like NHL 99 stick. players. Yeah, just... <laughs> like, yeah. He, he looked bizarre. I, I look at Robertson's stride, and not that I, you know, have a good one myself. Well, you're, this is an NHL player. It's an NHL player. I think yeah. it's a little different. And... It's a little ugly, but then you look at the goals he scored and he's like, we're talking, he's at like maximum reach, no torque for the average human. Like he cannot get power on it. And then zoom, it flies. I spat all over the table. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It flies pinpoint accuracy, ridiculous uh, speed. And it's in the back of the net. He's. Visually, one of the least explainable players I think I've ever watched. Well, uh, one thing that I, and I'm not making a direct comparison here, so cool your jets, but one guy who was a terrible skater, but a prodigious goal scorer was Brett Hall. Brett Hall was a How about John terrible. Tavares? <laughs> well, John Tavares. Yeah, John Tavares has never been a great skater. That was a knock on him coming out of junior. But he, he doesn't, it's, it's weird. It's, are you a, are you a inefficient skater or a slow skater? And he's a slow it's skater. It's a little different, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's slow. Uh, but Robertson, again, he's still so young. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm so not worried about that. So th this is the thing, right? What what Brett Hall was really good at was, that, first off, his shot was unbelievable. The well, other thing was... Standing still. Yeah. Everyone was talking about dry sidle. And he did that one playoff run out of necessity. That was Brett Hall's entire career. Yeah. He Brett Hall never... Brett, so the thing is, is that, so what kind of goals are you going to score? And I, and I, and again, this is not a direct comparison, but Brett Hall is the best example of poor skater who scored 700 goals right <laughs> yes. i mean like, that's what it was Yager so 
Yeah, Yager wasn't a great skater. But what he always did, first, Yager had the dangles and stuff, but Nick Robertson is not going to probably rush the puck at the NHL level. I don't think so. But if he's in the right position, which, you know, we've seen that with players like Phil Kessel, another guy, king of being in the right position always, Mm -hmm. he can score. I, I'm, he deserves a shot out of camp. He deserves You think he deserves to make the team already? Yeah. Well, I, I don't have him in the lineup. Can, so, I, can I read it to you? Yeah, yeah. So, not to there. To me. Jesse might turn me here because I don't want him to make the team if he's just going to get sent down. Yeah. It's Bunting, Matthews, Marner. Yep. Uh, Mulgan, Tavares, Nylander. I doubt it, but continue. Or whatever. Who do you want to put in that uh, spot there? Kerfoot, instead of Mal- probably. Kerfoot. Engvall, Kerfoot, Yonkro. Zach Aston Reese, Camp, and Kubel. That's that's enough forwards. When the when healthy, that's the thing too. Yeah. Tavares isn't in there, you know. This the weird thing about Kerfoot, you know, they keep calling him Swiss Army knife and he's so helpful to the team and everything. But I've seen a bunch of projections for this season's lineup that have David Camp on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Well, they want that fourth line to be some sort of shutdown thing. That's the third line, isn't it? But which of those forwards are you scratching to put Nick Robertson in there? Well, oh. That's the thing. What's the fourth line again you got? Zach uh, I'm just naming the guys. Like, the, yeah. those are the fourth. Put them in any order you want, but yeah. those are the guys. Engvall when they're healthy. You know, okay, so if he's younger, I think it makes sense to start Robertson in the AHL. There's no problem with that. I still think, has he played? I don't know if he's played a professional season where he's played more than 30 games. because he's, At the NHL level? No, even no, in AHL. AHL. Last, like last year, I think breaking had, his leg and yeah, COVID last year I think he had twenty eight games in the AHL and ten in the NHL. Um, so he's younger. I wouldn't mind seeing him in the minors. Uh, but you guy, can you can send him down without any penalty too. Yes, a guy I would like to see potentially make the team out of camp is Alex Steves. Holy shit! He's been really interesting to watch. <sighs> That's a really good player, and not a lot of guys up front produced very well for the Marlies last year. Robertson did when he was in the lineup, and probably behind him is Alex Steves. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Robertson, his, his Marley's tenure last season was very impressive. I remember a couple of highlights, and looking here now, it, it was a point per game. It's 28 and 28, which is crazy. Uh, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see it there right now. He's still so young. Like, we're... we're yeah, it wouldn't, gonna, be a, it wouldn't be a failure, right, Jesse? No. No, we're not going to 21-year-old. He turned Just 21 turned. on September 11th. Like a month ago. So there's still so much time. I think we got to give him a little bit more time. Like you're talking about the skating. To me, like that's the biggest issue. It's too much running around. The shot, the shots look good. Like who knows what if that shot preseason shot translates to NHL real games. But um, I just give him some more time to develop. Yes. It's not quite there yet. And there's, I, I named enough forwards to knock him out of the lineup. Yeah. Put him with the Marlies again. Let him go point a game. And and to give you an idea of how robbed this kid has been, in his last year in the OHL, this is so dumb. This is so stupid. He played 46 games, had 55 goals mm-hmm. in the OHL. He still had a year of junior eligibility after that. And then COVID. But then COVID. 46 games, 55 goals, 31 assists, 86 points. He had 86 points in 46 games. Then he played four playoff games. Then the Leafs screwed him out of that. Six NHL games plus 21 AHL games injuries. So he gets 27 games in a single season. And then last year he played 38. 
Yeah, and like the 2020, 2021 AHL games weren't real games. Like, remember that that season where the AHL teams were just kind of yeah. trying to get any kind of games in because of COVID? And like, that was awful. This is me uh, making it up as I go, obviously. I'm super excited about Robertson. I would love to see him play. I'd be happy to see him called up in the event of an injury. He doesn't have to make the team. No, it ne- feels neither does Steve's, but I'm pretty excited about Steve's. <laughs> it feels like Robertson's been around for so long because he's 2019 draft pick, but he was so young when he was drafted too. Youngest yeah, was he like player 17? in the draft. Yeah, a 17 yeah. year old, and um, he's he's a second round pick too. It's not like we're talking about a, a top 10 pick here who who's been drafted for three years now and they haven't amounted to anything in NHL. You know, like no. Slavkovsky will be if he. Doesn't make the team out of camp this year as an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I think we give a. And he doesn't speak French either. We Jackass. Give, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jesse. Suzuki. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. We give Nikki Bob here a little bit more time. Okay, fair enough. Nikki Bobby, I love it. I do love Nikki Bobby though. Um, Nikki Bobby's great. Before we try him on D. Before we get to you can bet that uh, I just want to throw this at you as well. Greg Wyshynski's already in mid-season form. Oh, I know. But why? This time. It's because he wrote an article for um, ESPN, obviously. Ooh. The NHL's, Sorry. quote, reversal of fortune teams for 2022-23. Playoff teams most likely to miss. Non-playoff teams most likely to make it at the top of the Atlantic Division. Not th- five paragraphs in. Team most likely to miss, Toronto Maple Leafs. Team most likely to make it, Detroit Red Wings. Wow. That's what he says. Oh, wow. Now, I'll let you go in and read it. But he basically said, listen, if you're going to go into the season with two guys who aren't great goalies, you have to expect that people he's, are going to have some questions. He's lying because the correct answer for that division is Boston. It should be Boston. Yeah. <laughs> should be Boston. But he <laughs> says, you know, the Leafs goaltending could be a real problem. And you know what? People are saying the same thing about Vegas. Good team. Not sure about the goaltending. Some teams are good at running on magic, whether it's uh, good or evil magic. And I'm... You, you think I'm going to vote against the Boston Bruins? You're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I fear no man. They are that the thing, it scares me. <laughs> and uh, he said, most likely to make the leap into the playoffs, Detroit Red Wings. That's a good pick. The Leafs were great last year, and they had awful goaltender. Aren't right. their goalies Huso and Nedeljkovic? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Carolina <laughs> was great. With Delkey. And now they got him. With who? Delkey. Delkey. He's making this up now. And These are not real. And now they have Huso. The That's Winged Wheel podcast tandem. right now is going, Jesse. Great tandem. Yeah. Another year of Cider? You know who's Lucas really? Lucas Raymond developed? Yeah, first off, Mord Cider is oh, going to yeah. be great. Um, yeah. Say it. I think my Noted. favorite part. Noted. Noted. Alan Walsh? Who's this? David Perron. Oh, oh that's right. I thought you were saying Cider. I'm like, he is? No. Yeah, no we should not. talk about that more often. <laughs> yeah, he's like, not. Oh, he's okay. Not. Um, you know, the best part about Maurice Cider is that for sure this year, he can't win the Calder Trophy. Like, <laughs> I, I just want you to know but that. But bunting different. still eligible somehow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. Um, okay, so let's get into You Can Bet That. Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportbook presents You Can Bet That with David Bastel. Must be 19 plus. Please play responsibly, Ontario only. He is Dave Bastel and we, it's fitting that he's here today because this is the week that we put out all of our season preview episodes. 
So on the audio side, it's going to be two, uh, Western Conference and Eastern Conference. But on the video side, it's 10 minute previews for every single team. So today we're going to go through what Dave's got at Sports Interaction, starting with the Metro Division. Yes. Dave, who is the odds on favorite to win the division that nobody's sure? Who is bad in this division other than Philadelphia? <laughs> it's uh, it's an open division, isn't it? Because uh, right now, Carolina Hurricanes are ranked number one in the division to win it. The Rangers are in there. The Pittsburgh Penguins are part of the conversation. Washington, there's your top four. I'm going to give you this, though, because I'm hearing way too many rumors about this. New York Rangers paying four and a half to one right now to win the division. There's a lot of inkling so to speak that patrick kane's new address will be on broadway oh, if that happens let's go. so if jesse happens, who did you pick to win the cup the new york rangers Ooh, they're my juicy. way too early stanley cup prediction yeah yeah it is early and i know everybody's in on kane but he's going somewhere it could be broadway you guys don't believe though you guys are haters. No, I do believe you're twisting this. You're I believe, <laughs> I believe that they could. They're going to be in tough against Carolina. They just they got Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. for free for free Burns. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So I think. I mean, listen. If I'm going to take something, I'm taking the Rangers in this one for sure because the odds are better. But Carolina rightfully should be in first place. Yeah. Oh man. Second place in the division. Let's go off the board. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Look at this guy, eh? Dave, the we taunting. also got the Pacific Division, and there's a real battle here at the top between Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah, it really is. So, like, w- pick your poison, right? Like, do you, are you trusting Calgary is going to be able to gel all these new players? And, and is Jacob Markstrom going to return to form? Because he, he really sucked in the uh, postseason. And then it's the Edmonton Oilers, Jack Campbell's team, right? Jack doesn't really have any insurance behind him. Uh, Connor McDavid is back with uh, Evander Kane, which was a really good pairing up front. Can it continue over 82 games? Probably can. So who's the better Alberta team probably determines who wins the division, right? I'm just saying that you got Vegas ranked a little high for a team Mm. that missed the playoffs last year at a 4.69. They are the third highest ranking. I might take them because a healthy season of Phil Obviously, because he's always healthy. Healthy Dude. season of Jack Eichel with a full training camp. I don't know. Do Vegas could surprise if that goaltending holds up. You're, you're riding that Logan Thompson train. Yeah. Real hard. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> 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 they were doing research for the Pacific Division. They were my hardest team to place. There were, I, I just don't know what they are, mm-hmm. right? And the, the Leafs Vegas had Golden bad goaltending all... Pay attention. What's that? I said the Vegas Golden Knights. Pay they, that's right. <laughs> they were, you know, Leafs had bad goaltending all year last year, and they did fine. Uh, Vegas, we'll see. Dave, thank you so much. And we're going to have you back Wednesday this week to preview the Eastern Conference as well, okay? I love it. Bring it on. And by the way, we're adding probably anywhere between 25 and 30 new player props in the next 48 hours. So jump on board. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. He's Dave Bastel. Follow him and follow at SIA Sport on Twitter. According to also Greg Wyshynski. You're welcome, Greg. The New Jersey Devils have announced the launch of their Horns and Tail Napa Valley first ever custom wine brand developed in partnership with Fairwinds Estate Winery. The wines are Marty, a 2018 red blend, 16W. I don't know what the 16W. Give me a w- bottle of Marty. Uh, 16W. I don't know what that would be. 16W. Like 16 wins for the playoffs? For the cup. For the cup? Of course, Leaf fans don't uh, understand what it means. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, which is a 2018 Chardonnay. Oh, God, I'm going to get clipped, aren't I? 
Yeah. Uh, what? No. What does I, 16 wins mean? No, I got it though. I B-rabbited you. Yeah. <laughs> Here, tell them something they don't know about me. And another one called Engraved, which is a sparkling brute. Ooh, a sparkling brute. I don't know. Is that how you spell it? B-R-U-T? Brew? I've never had a brew. A, a brut. I, I believe it's a brut. Yeah. This is Steve. He's my, my brew. Um, yeah, so Marty, 16W, and Engraved. I like that. And uh, why they, was none of those named Lou? Lou should have got Lou. Lou should have a wine named after. Him. They they messed up. Lou, like no, and no Elias. Not, he's he's not, not he's Lou. Not, there. not Lou. It's the New Jersey Devils. The best thing they could have called their wine, just a label that says wine. Oh yeah, it's true. Because they had Jersey, Jersey hats. You want me to read the sixteen W to you? Yeah. All right. So this is from the site. It says. Every game day during those championship years from April to June, the message was clear without ever saying a word. The path to glory ran through the Meadowlands. 16 wins, no shortcuts, only one exit. The exit of champions. We introduce to you 16W, hailing from the cool and foggy climate for the Russian River Valley in Sonoma County. This beautiful medium-bodied wine was grown slowly to build intense flavors over time. This wine was aged in French oak and displays a beautiful balance of fruit, oak, and liveliness on the palate and exhibits lush mango and toasted almond. Balanced fruit or tart acidity makes this wine a classic example of premium Russian River Chardonnay. I can't tell if that's a political speech or something about wine. Fifty-six Just bottle. A, Fifty-six dollars a bottle. Whoa! <laughs> now I got a question. Devils fans, I know you're passionate because every time I say the Devils are not that good yet, you get really upset. Um, are, would you buy a $56 bottle of wine just because it said New Jersey on it? Would you buy a $95 bottle, a dollar bottle of wine? Is that the Marty? That's the Marty. But it's only 75 bucks if you're a member of <laughs> yeah. what I don't know. If but. you join this winery, if you join the Catalina wine mixer. It's only $95. Fucking Marty Lena wine mixer. Holy cow. Can I read you the introduction to Marty? We introduce you to Marty. This proprietor. No, I'm not going to read that part. Marty's better. It's as simple as that. In two words, the black and red faithful were able to define the icon who redefined the sport and lit the record book on fire. Best served in three cups. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's highly inefficient. What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm joking. It's a joke. I uh, Patrick Wash should come out with a wine called 15W and send it to Marty. You know, because they, they beat them in game seven that one time. You see. That's yeah. good. That's yeah, really that's good. That's the sort of thing he would do. There you go. There, there you go, Steve. You should come out with earplugs. There's another. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I can't hear you because I have my earplug. Plug in both my ear. No, my ear. Oh, because he's I, got yeah, earplugs. He's and doing that's the, the earplug commercial. Hey, yeah. this is Patrick Waugh for Jenny's earplugs. All right, I think that was good. Cut. Yeah. Right. There you go. <laughs> good, good job. You know, Patrick, we just made you a million dollars, man. Just take it. A hundred dollar ball of wine, the New Jersey Devils. Yep. God, yep. I know the cap's going up. <laughs> they, they gotta find say, a way to get there uh, they like, did say the league revenues are way way up by the way bill daly was saying so uh that's great i mean obviously things have rebounded quickly uh, and it means that the players are going to be able to pay back their escrow quicker and i'm very excited because in a couple of seasons guys 
uh, right around season 12 of the Steve Dangle podcast, we're going to have a ridiculous free agency crop. Season mm-hmm. 12. Like, we're, 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 is this, I, I don't even know, because our, our 10 year anniversary is May 31st, 2023. So it's coming up. This oh, doesn't well. count as the 10th season, right? The 10th season is after 10. So this would be, I think, yeah. well, or is it, no, no, or do, is it nine and your 10th season starts? No, the 10th season Because your first season start, is when the first season no, ends. No, it would start on the next man. No, because your first season starts at zero, right? That's your first season. No, no, it's, it's one, the first season. You, so, don't, you don't have a zero Yeah, season. but then the next season is not your first season. It's your second season. It's your second season. Right. P.K. Subban yeah. made his NHL debut in the playoffs, but then was a rookie. <laughs> so that's the way I look at us. Anyway, I don't know. Because we mm. made our debut in the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah, then that, as a rookie. That September is the first season. I see. That might have even been his rookie year. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Anyway. Doing the show almost 10 years ago. Oh, no. He had won the Norris already by then. Never mind. Uh, Jake Allen signs a, a, an extension. And obviously, Montreal fans are pumped about this. As a part of the rebuild, obviously, he's going to be around for a few more years. Um, you know, I think it seems like, anyway, um, that. Uh, Montreal is doing everything correctly. Do you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not, I, I don't know if it moves the needle. I don't know if they're going to be a good team this year. Um, I'm not going to reveal that because we've got our season previews coming out at the end of the thing. Sure do. But, but it seems like this season there's a direction and there's actually some sort of positive momentum going for them. Did you see the Martin St. Louis quote about Jake Allen? No. Uh, he basically, it was an abbreviated version of, um, basically Jake Allen, uh, is planting a tree, uh, that he likely will not have the opportunity to sit in the shade of. And what that means is basically he's doing something great for the Montreal Canadians as they build right towards a winning team, uh, whether he's going to be there or not. So right. by signing his two-year extension, he's helping the team through the rebuild. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, that's a wonderful thing to say. And I was like, uh, really? Because it sounds like a commitment to losing for the next f- few years. But I think that commitment was made when they uh, put together this roster. But <laughs> And they didn't, the, their current leadership group didn't put it together. Yeah. Right, so. But uh, full season of Marty, uh, as their head coach is going to help them full season of not having every single player on the team get COVID uh, is definitely going to help them full season. of Colt Caulfield is going to help them. Some guys coming off the IR might help them too. Some guys coming off the IR might help them. I, I think it would be hard, very, very difficult for the Montreal Canadians to not have a better season than last year, just because mm-hmm. everything that could have gone wrong did. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Wasn't you know what? Alan Hurt as well? Like, yeah, he was. And I, I think it's you ridiculous. Know, he's 32 years old. Here's the one thing that could go right for them. Sometimes rebuilds in the NHL go a lot faster than we think. It, it's to go from 32nd now to 16th is actually sometimes a really quick jump. It's yeah. going from 16th to 8th to 4th to 2nd yeah. that becomes harder. Uh, each time and seems to take longer. And I think the Montreal Canadiens, based on this roster, listen, they may not have it this year, but where they're going, you could see how they might be nibbling at a playoff spot by next year. Maybe this year. Maybe. I, I could see. I could see it too. Let's say Jake Allen is lights out. And, and here's the thing. When that big free agency year happens, he's still with the team. 
right? This this extension doesn't kick in until after this season. He gets a million dollar raise, so he could be the backup goalie. Jesse, can you bring up the standings, please, from last year? Yeah. Because one thing, I don't know if I've articulated this properly. I don't think there's going to be any monsters this year. So it'll be easier for the teams lower in the division to make it. So <laughs> the Atlantic had four top 10 teams in the entire league. Oh, Panthers had 122 Leafs had 115. Didn't even win the division. Uh, the Leafs were actually, this is, this is so Leafs. They were the highest ranked team to not win their division. Just unending torture. Uh, Tampa, had 110, so you have three teams above 110, and the Bruins fourth, a wild card team with 107. That is not happening this year. Those points are going to be redistrib- uh, redistributed. My mouth uh, went on strike there, and uh, it'll be easier for the, you know, Ottawa's and Buffaloes and Detroit's and Montreal's to stay in the hunt. I think it's. We can we can talk about oh yeah like this this year I think when talking about the teams that are gonna miss the playoffs mm-hmm. I'm gonna be very careful about being like I'm not saying they're bad unless the teams are like Arizona or Philly Philly and uh, potentially another team actually I, uh, but we'll do that when we talk about yeah. the Pacific Division yeah no I I got faith in Montreal okay to at least not be as bad <laughs> the contract's um, a little much 3.8 million for jake allen yeah but they're signing him to be the starter you know what i mean like so i feel like we had this conversation a few years ago with uh i don't know someone else on the leafs i, I can't remember they weren't very good and i'm like okay it might have been tyler bozak because it's like oh man he's getting paid too much well no because there's what he provides the team in terms of value. And then there's also the job you're asking him to do. Right. The job the Montreal Canadiens are asking of Jake Allen is to play, honestly, probably like 50 games. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and the contract's kind of a, um, a product of circumstance, you know, because like they also need to just spend money because they're not a cap team and they need to get up the, the floor anyway. So, and with Carey Price going to LTR. LTIR, you know, they could even move wow. that money back it just if they want to get there, you know, have them on yeah. the roster and all that stuff. So it wouldn't make uh, it wouldn't make sense for most teams to sign Jake Allen to that money. Exactly. It makes perfect sense for Montreal to do it. Exactly. So okay. good for him getting that contract. Um new news. Uh Cam Sharon is writing for the Athletic. Oh. Cam Sharon, who wrote for the Leafs Nation for years. Yeah, that was the highlight of his career. And then no. <laughs> uh, worked with Steve there and then went to the Leafs front office and he worked in Vancouver, but he was part of their analytics team for eight years. Um, and he's just put up something literally a few minutes ago um, talking about what he learned working in an NHL front office. Wow. And so he will be writing for the, Athle- one of, for the Athletic. One of the army of people who previously wrote for Canucks Army um, to go on and work in the NHL. The better part of a decade, eh? Yeah. I thought something like this might be coming down the pipe because uh, he recently returned to Twitter, mm. and now he's now he's writing for the well, Athletic. Good that's for a, him. It's a smart signing for them. That is. And by the way, shout out Stephen Ellis uh, going from the Hockey News to Daily Faceoff. Oh wow! For those of you who who enjoy industry buzz stuff, uh, Dale How- Howard Chuck statue unveiled in Winnipeg. And if you're not from Winnipeg, 
um, and you're not of that, or you're not of that era, it might be hard to understand the impact that he had on not only Jets hockey, but how good this player was. He was unbelievable. And one of the best players of the 80s. And the thing is, is that the Jets were one of the best teams of the 80s. Like in terms of teams overall winning percentage, the Jets are right up there. The problem is that they had to go up against within their division, the 89 Stanley Cup winning Calgary Flames, the four or five time, depending upon how you qualify the 80s, uh, Edmonton Oilers. Um, And, you know, obviously in there you had some other very, very strong, you had some very strong Vancouver teams. Uh, You had, you know, the the Flames like were, were very, very good, especially towards the end. And the Jets, to me, of the 80s were a little like San Jose of the last decade, just never quite got over the hump. Like the golden era of Western Canadian hockey, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Jets had the best player they've ever had. Uh, in terms of career, I guess, Timo Solani wasn't there long enough mm-hmm. to, to fit into that category. And uh, unfortunately, it was really hard uh, to get through that division and <laughs> in, in that conference. But he was a, a magnificent player. Um, and also ironically helped, uh, Mark Scheifele get to the NHL, uh, as his head coach with, uh, the Barry Colts. Wow. Um, and then he gets drafted by guess who the Jets, if I'm not mistaken, the first draft pick they made and he was ushered there by the coaching of Dale Howard. There it is. There it is. Yeah, he's a elite offensive player, and that was his coach. Um, Funny that. Uh, now, in the entire time he played in Winnipeg, Howard Chuck never scored less than a point a game, including wow. one game where or one season, eighty four, eighty five, which I think is Gretzky's best point year. Or was that eighty five, eighty six? Um, I think Gretzky's best point year was eighty four, eighty five, which is. I don't know. Anyway, did it start with an eight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that year where he had 200 points, Howard Chuck had like 130. Wow. 53 goals, 77 assists. And the thing is, you go and you look at their playoffs, and with the exception of the 86 87 se- uh, season where they almost made it, they were a first and out team because of who they had to play. Yeah. And he was always up there in the scoring sheet and that sort of thing. He had some great years in Buffalo and then ended his career in Philly, still effective. It was an, an unbelievable player. And obviously, like you said, Steve, big part of the Jets organization. I just missed the rest of it. Um, and so, talking about the Barry Colts. Barry Colts. Well, he also was a part of the Jets thing, right? Like he was a part of the management group there when with Mark Chipman. And was he not a consultant? I don't remember that. I, I just, I know of his work with the, the Colts because mm. I was still sort of tied to junior and working in junior at the time. Um, and um, it was cool to see it get unveiled because actually when I was there for a wedding in the spring, I walked by, oh, they, yeah. they, they had, it was, there was some fanfare and lead up. They had a big sign that said, this is where the Dale Howarchuk statue is going to go. And, That's cool. And now it's there in uh, the city he belongs in forever. It's a bit of an awkward pose, but his picture on nhl.com is that pose which is it's like him leading the puck but then there's like an arm behind him or whatever it's his most famous picture i actually really like it um i was thinking that too when i first saw it like oh that's odd it's an odd pose yeah yeah, a player like basically poking at the puck uh but like every player has the same damn thing right it's it's them yeah they're handling it or they're shooting i it like or, this yeah the no. full thing yeah oh it's yeah cool, right but it, the first time you see it you're like from, it's an action shot yeah yeah and that's his most famous sort of picture that was taken with the jets and the, by the way those jets 80s jerseys are so cool 
Like they are, they are just awesome. That's well, a good stat. That's and, a, and the way he's holding the stick mm-hmm. looks like the logo. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. I see. Okay, that's why I, I would never have caught that. I only caught it just now because of the jet. Yeah, big big fan. Okay, big fan. that's Love a good it. statue. Yeah, that's a yeah. cool statue. Good job. Good job um, on the Winnipeg Jets, big time. Uh, and this is my third source from Greg Wyshynski thing today because he is on fire. Um, the NHL is introducing digitally enhanced dasher boards on all broadcasts, which means that advertisers will be able to erase and replace the ads seen around the rinks. And what this will mean is you'll have ads that are purchased by the team, you know, sold by the team in the arena, right? Yeah. And then if you are watching from, say, let's say you're watching a, a Winnipeg game from Toronto, you're from, you're like Dave Bastel and you're big Jets fan, yeah. but you live in Toronto now. You'll still see localized Toronto ads on the boards for Winnipeg Jets games. They call them ad substitutions. We're able to do them with audio side. We still can't do it on YouTube. But basically, the idea is you want to see localized ads to your area, or at least that's the theory. And if you're watching a game in New Jersey and you're from Toronto or you're from Florida and you're watching a Seattle game, likely the local pizza shop is not going to apply to you or that regional pizza company or whatever. So the idea is that you would see ads that apply to you all the time it's basically a more efficient way of delivering ads therefore making more money so okay in theory yeah the ad on the board Mm -hmm. in the arena in scotiabank arena it's pizza pizza yeah but i'm watching from the west coast yeah could it be a panago ad it could be yeah no question oh that's kind of and i believe the teams would share in the revenue in that because obviously if you're tim hortons and you buy the board at Scotiabank Arena, they're going to leave that up for the local Leafs broadcast, right? If you're watching from this area, you're, they're going to leave that up. Uh, that's what I was wondering because part part of the appeal of buying those boards is you know it's going to be on TV, right? You're gonna you're not going to want to pay as much if they're just going to yeah. take it out. It all depends on how it was sold. Like we don't know how each advertising spot was sold. They could have sold it as you get everything, or mm-hmm. they sell it like it may be digitally um, replaced. Yeah. So yeah. They'll have, basically, it'll be on the salespeople to say, do yeah. you want it? Do you want it the full game or do you want it to be digitally replaced? And then advertisers would have to pay an upcharge, which means that NHL advertising just got more expensive. And this is this is the same, I think, conversation when I see people talking about this as the jersey ads. I just say, welcome to the other sports. Because like the NBA, if you watch any Raptors game on the court, there are advertisements on the court. Those aren't there. No, they Those aren't. are placed by Sportsnet. And if you're watching it on uh, the Washington Wizards feed, there's another advertisement there yeah. on the court. And the guys are running on top of it in this fucking great technology. And they're fake ads, but they're all just paid to put And there. they've been doing it on glass for years. But the reality was along the boards, they didn't know, they didn't have the technology to erase what was already there uh, mm-hmm. and still have the play come in front of it and not have the puck hide They did it. this at the World Cup. I believe in 2016, 2016 in uh, ACC at the time, and uh, it w- it worked, but they haven't like perfected the th- technology until now. I don't, I don't, I personally, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> Just don't let it get in the way of the product. Don't make it shitty. Um, and that's really my only. That's my. That's only the right feedback. attitude. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care if it says caramel or coffee crisp or whatever the hell leading into Halloween. God, I'm hungry. Um, just, just don't make it, I don't want to see it wave and move around. Mm -hmm. Like just, 
if you're going to do something, do it right. Let me watch my freaking game. Yeah, absolutely. Could so have said true. better. <laughs> um, yeah, and maybe it'll, I mean, it won't, but sometimes you, those ad breaks sometimes are a little annoying where it's like the short ad break. Like you're watching play, and it's like, and then there's like a 15 second jump in, and then you're back to the play. It's like, can we just, can you save it for the commercials? You know what I'm saying? Everybody's just, doing it. Just Everybody's doing it. Thing. Um, Hockey Canada. Phrasing. I saved this uh, for last because it is the easily the most negative story uh, that we have to give you today. And sometimes you do want to talk about um, some fun stuff before you talk about the shitty stuff. And obviously afterwards we'll do a press conference. But uh, according to the Globe and Mail this morning, um, I'm going to read directly. Several years after Hockey Canada began using player registration fees to build a large financial reserve known as the National equity fund to cover sexual assault claims and other lawsuits, it channeled a significant portion of that money into a second multi-million dollar fund for similar purposes. Um, it's called a, the Participants Legacy Trust Fund. The reserve was created by the organization and its members with more than $7.1 million from the National Equity Fund, which was the first fund. The money was earmarked for matters including but not limited to sexual abuse, according to Hockey Canada documents obtained by the Globe and Mail. Uh, the trust, with its vaguely worded name, is an example of a large financial reserve created by Hockey Canada and its member branches to cover sexual assault claims, among other things, with funds gathered from hockey registration fees without fully disclosing this to parents and players. And that's the key part here is that parents and players did not know that when they paid that registration free, which fee, which was mandatory, mm -hmm. that that's where their money would be going. And the other thing is when they went in front of the government in the spring, they did not disclose this. And they were in front of the government multiple times. And they were saying, Scott Smith especially, who is the Hockey Canada president and COO, um, he said, I shouldn't have to resign. I'm brand new here. I'm brand new. Let me fix this. And we said to you at the time, it's very difficult. As, as it, let's say his, his motives are altruistic and not self-preservation. Okay. Let's say his motives are, I really want to fix this. Sure. It's very difficult for a person who's been a part of an organization for 15, 20 years to change the culture of that organization because you are the culture of that organization. He's been there and, since 1995. And so, yeah, so close to 30. For as long as the Colorado Avalanche have been a team. So Scott Smith knowingly went before the government and withheld this information. Now, he, he might make the argument, well, they never asked. But that's, that's, that's being dishonest. That's still, yes, it's, maybe it's not a quote-unquote direct lie, but it's willful dishonesty. And at the end of the day, if we want this to change, because whether you call it Hockey Canada or not, Canada will always have to have a governing body for the sport of hockey. And it will always be a major governing body for the sport of hockey. Whether, you, you know, you could tell, tell me you want to burn this down, you want to get rid of the, shred the logo, change it to something else completely, I'm with you, fine. But the reality is that it will still be something that serves the same purpose that Hockey Canada serves. What must change are the processes involved in dealing with these disputes and uh, more, more likely now than ever, every single person involved. You can't now, these guys can't now, and they're, they're testifying tomorrow. So this is a bombshell. They're, they're, they're testifying tomorrow. In front of the government times. tomorrow. Yeah, perfectly timed. There's definitely strategic on the Global Mail's part. For sure. Yeah. And it's the right thing to do by the mm -hmm. Global Mail. Good for them. Um, good reporting. It's shocking the arrogance that 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 
could lead to something like this. This is the time to be as forthright and honest yep. as possible. And these guys, like you knew, like it's it's like honestly, it's it's like you, you knew you were going to get found. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They, I, Adam, they see, knew. I, bless you, you had to know. Bless you for being shocked by the arrogance. I, all they have proven at every opportunity is they're one of the most arrogant organizations in this country. Forget sports in any business, in any business that you thought you would get grilled by a bipartisan government uh, committee and you thought this would never come out. And it might not have, but good journalism brought it to light just a couple weeks after you had a poll go out to people, a survey go out to people asking if the media coverage is overblown. Fuck you, by the way, looks good on you. Now you're being found to be even worse than we thought. So any shred of the benefit of the doubt afforded to Scott Smith or anyone else in hockey Canada flush down the fucking toilet, flush down the toilet. You can't trust a single thing. Any of these people say it's done. It's done. People have been saying, burn it to the ground for a long time. There are always people who are going to say that immediately. Now, I would love to hear the argument against it. Mm -hmm. What on earth is the argument against burning it down to the ground? Mm -hmm. They are untrustworthy and arrogant to a degree nobody can work with. The government can't work with them. Parents can't trust them. The general public can't trust them. Nobody can trust anybody with any kind of power in this organization. It's done. It's over. I don't want to hear it. Make the resignation letter nice and short. Don't waste our time. Leave. Get out. Good Lord. You've been with this organization for how long? Made God knows how much money. I'm sure you can retire. And if you can't, do something else. Fuck. Well. You don't belong here anymore. This is the thing, is that if these guys had just, I'm looking at it like this. These guys held major management positions at a major body of importance in this. The, the reality is that executives at that level get shuffled around. Like I've seen it in media time and time and time again. It's every five years, they do a little chair shuffle and they switch to another organization. It's what happens. and. Um, these, these people could have easily picked up jobs in the private sector over the summer and been like, he could, Scott Smith could have been, could have looked like a hero. He could have been like, I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, I'm part of the culture. I need to go. And people have been like, wow, Scott Smith, everybody. And then he would have gone and picked up a, a private sector job where he was uh, a major manager and continued on with his life. But the arrogance of this, the arrogance of thinking that we're not going to know, like the reality of it, guys, is that if, if it's a government body, you can open every book. Right, private company, you need lawyers to do that. Governing body, you really don't, right? It's like the government goes, open your fucking books, man. Yeah. We haven't been paying enough attention. And the person I'm curious the most about, guys, and the guy, the person who has said absolutely nothing, and I'm a little perturbed the heat's not been turned up in his city, is Bob Nicholson. He'll well, be at the hearings uh, tomorrow, so we'll hear from him there. Right. And I, yeah. he may not have given any media availabilities, but I, there has been a real silence on bob nicholson and i if he wasn't there for the 2018 which he wasn't 
He was there for the 2003. And they said they deal with, what did they say, one to two sexual assault incidents a year? And did they not say there's a third one that's being investigated? I don't know. Did yeah. they? This is, this is the thing, right? You mentioned this a couple shows ago. There's so much that it almost muddies the whole thing. Yeah, like... So I much can, information. I can... Like, what are, what are the chances, uh, you know, piggybacking on the conversation that we had maybe a month ago, mm -hmm. what are the chances someone who didn't fully understand the story to date is going to understand the story that broke today? So now, now you got two crowds of people. Mm -hmm. You got the people who have been following it the whole time who understand the gravity and depth of how bad the situation is with this organization. And then you have people who I can't blame them for just looking at it as just another thing mm -hmm. uh, because there's too much to know. Yep. There's too, people have things to do. Yep. I moved this week, you know, yeah. people have kids to raise, they have jobs to do, um, you know, chores to complete Th this, this story, the, the depth of it is, it's staggering. It is. It's so difficult to follow. Yes. It's difficult to follow for us, and it's our job, right? I, I can't imagine how it is for just the regular hockey fan. But, like, this this doesn't just involve hockey fans, right? This involves taxpayer money. Yeah. Taxpayer money and also uh, fees for people who have their kids in hockey. So that is that's direct. And then the tax money is indirect because Hockey Canada has said we didn't use government funds for this. It's all money. Well, they said they didn't use, first off, they said they didn't use sponsor funds. Have they said they haven't, they didn't use government funds? Because what they remember. said was they quote unquote, here's liquid, another thing. They liquidated know? assets. Well, how did you buy the assets? It's all. Was it sponsorship or was it government? Because those are the only two ways you're making money, right? I, I just look at it as the money. The money. Like, where do they get money from? They get it from registration fees. They get it from sponsors. They get ticket it from sales. the government. Uh, and ticket Sports, sales. TV rights. And, and yeah, it's all just the money. So, okay, you did us all the favor of not, you didn't directly take money that was given to you from the government and put it in the slush fund. What? Fine. It's all semantics to me. It's all semantics. Right. And so in some ways, we're like underrating how much of the kingpin of arrogance and awfulness that Scott Smith has been over the last few months. I like on when he came out and gave the gold medals to the women's team when they won. What the fuck? That man? was absolutely shocking. And and for him to go through the, the that whole hearing over the course of the summer and be like, no, I'm gonna, I want to see through this, and then to come out and be like, no, I'm the man to give out these gold medals, and then now he's gonna, he's, he's hiding this secondary fund. The dude needs to be gone in a week, like yeah. within with after uh, during these hearings, they need to make a decision. Resign at the hearing if if you're in charge of this and every decision you've made since this has come out has been you doubling down on the all of the awfulness that has come out of hockey canada how how is this man still there it's such a it's a travesty it's a joke it is beat it time to go time, time to, to go. go so with that let's do the press conference